That's right. Uh, and at this point, remember that uh, the UN Security Council is also holding an emergency meet, seeing what's playing out right now between Ukraine and Russia. The Russian representative there has, in fact, defended President Putin's call. and said the special operation has been declared to protect the people of Ukraine who've been suffering for years. We aim to de-genocide Ukraine. And the decision has been made in line with Article 51 of the UN Charter. So, Geeta, while been a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, how this is environmental of international guidelines, of international principles, Russia is maintaining that at this point they're doing what needs to be done to protect the people of Ukraine. There's something happening here but What it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop, children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down There's battle lines being drawn And nobody's right if everybody's wrong Young people speak in their minds are getting so much resistance from behind Time we stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going Welcome to The Machine, everyone. I am your host, Mario, here with my co-host, Jeff Rowe. Journey with us as we adventure into conspiracy theories and the unexplained. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon to whoever's listening out there in podcast land. Coming to you again with another fantastic episode of The Machine. Here we are, uh, Jeff Rowe and myself. Jeff Rowe, how you doing? Good. How you guys doing in podcast land? Another episode for podcast land. Our friends in podcast land. We got a lot of friends, and uh, you know, I just want to run through some of our friends who have reached out to us. Uh, Chris, Chris L, Daniel W, uh, Sarah W. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just place the letter for the last name. I don't like sharing our our friends' last names. It's not a good idea here. I'm, so I'm not gonna do that. And I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to offend anybody. Marie P, Kathy M. Daniel, did I say Daniel W? I think I said Daniel W. He reached out to us uh, with some uh, with some heartfelt words, you know, really hit us home. So thank you guys to everybody who's listening. Our good friend Tree, who is always commenting on Discord, very active on our Discord page. So thank you guys very much uh, in, in reaching out and keeping things going and keeping the free thinking 
minds alive, which is something we definitely need to do. And even during these times, and we're about to dive into some of that, which uh, goes back to this episode, which we are entitling the WEF, the World Economic. So the World Economic Forum. And I remember us sharing some uh, some information about the WEF, you and I back and forth, Jeffro, because uh, we both we both try to keep our finger on the pulse when it comes to different information that comes out, some of the things that we follow. One of the uh, podcasters or, or YouTubers that we like watching, Russell Brand, had something to say about this, something that a lot of people have been saying that uh, it seems surreal. And we we kind of touched base on this on our lap our last episode in the Freemasons, but it seems kind of surreal that um, people are talking about a great reset, right? And this has everything to do with the WEF. But a lot of people are saying, oh, well, this is a conspiracy theory thing. It's really not. It's it's more real than could ever imagine. Everybody's not really hiding it. You know, it's it's not something that's secretive. It's not something that's speculating. It's not theory. This is happening. So the great reset quote-unquote, is actually happening. And that's something that Russell Brand touched on, um, which we will add that clip as well as uh, another clip from, uh, what was her name? Kim Kim something from The Hill Rising. I forget her last name. Forgive me. I'm, I'm butchering it. But whenever I place the clip, I will, I will make sure I, to get her name right. So, Jeffro, that is something that you and I were kind of talking about. And we, we go from the last episode, we were talking about the Freemasons and the Bilderbergs, and the powers that be, and the control that they have. And then you go on to talk about the WEF, and something that you and I had consistently talked about was some of the leaderships, some of the uh, some of the government entities, which we were kind of going back and forth on. And one of the things I kind of blew your mind on, because you've always been a, uh, a Gabbert fan, right? Right, yeah. Tulsi Gabbert. Tulsi Gabbert. And uh, one of the things that I, I kind of brought to your attention is she's on the one of the members of the WEF. She's along, the young leaders. Young leaders, right? Along with, you know, you take the 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 left persona of Tulsi Gabbard, and you add it with the right persona of Dan Crenshaw. Right? Is it Dan Crenshaw? I believe, I, I believe. it's Dan Crenshaw, the Texan. Right. The, the the man with the uh, the patch over his eye and everything, um, so you, you take them both and you go well. Wait a minute, you've got somebody from one side of the aisle and somebody from the other side of the aisle working together on a world economic forum. That I mean, it's good that people are working together. <laughs> yes, not so good for what they have in store. Not so good for. In my opinion, what they have in mind, because these are the people that are making the changes in your lives. These are the people that are making these moves, these uh, chess piece type of moves that you, they're, they're going to impact everybody. And you have no choice. And one of those things is, Jeff, can you enlighten us a little bit on some of this? Because I feel like I'm going on and on and on and you're not getting a word in edgewise here. So let's, uh, Jeff, everybody. No, well, well, first off, the World Economic Forum started um, 1971, January 24th, in Switzerland, in, in Geneva, Switzerland. And it was an organization initially set up to look at the world uh, as far as uh, the, the world 
financial systems and bringing the European countries into sort of the American ideology. That was the initial setup of it. It's uh, set up and they have a summit every single year. And, and going to what you were saying, you, we were talking about, you know, these conclaves or these, you know, secret societies. This isn't so much a secret society, but some of their agendas seem kind of nefarious. Uh, you said the word, the Great Reset. Well, that was actually the name of their symposium this year. Crazy. Was the World Economic Forum, the Great Reset. Now, let me let me just let me paint a picture out there for the listeners, okay? If if somebody were to go out and say, you know, we're gonna we're gonna create something, um, and along the lines of population control, let's just say population control, right? And they put it out there in front of you. That's not hiding it. You don't like it. It sounds bad. Because it is bad, and I don't know. I'm not saying what they're exactly doing is bad, but you're left out of the control of what they're doing, right? Right. I mean, this isn't something that you vote on. This isn't something that your voice matters because they're basically just telling you, "Hey, look, this is what we're doing, and you're gonna like it." Right. So what they do is they recruit, recruit businesses, they recruit CEOs, you know, financial leaders of the world, and also leaders of public office. Like Justin Trudeau is also somebody that's considered a, a young leader of the WEF. And uh, what they do is they make policy. Basically, what they're doing, they're trying to uh, bring together the most powerful people in the world and say, okay, well, this is going to be our agenda. As a matter of fact, uh, the famous agenda they're, they're quoted to having all the time is the Great Reset of 2030. And one of the sayings is, you will own nothing and be happy about it. Right, and indicating you know the sort of thing that's going on with BlackRock and everybody else when it comes to things like land. One of the things that we've noticed recently in the last year or so since the pandemic, you see this transition of wealth going straight to the top ten percent or top one percent. Right, same things with uh, the property values. You know, property values are going through the roof because you know Main Street's trying to buy or Wall Street's trying to buy Main Street. Right, they're going in there. They're outpricing people who are trying to buy homes. Uh, there was a famous story on... Uh, it was the Hill Rising. The Hill Rising. I think it might have been Breaking Points. Or no, you're right. It was, yeah, it was Breaking Crystal, Points. Crystal, Crystal brought this point. Yeah, Crystal brought to the point that there was this family in, in Pennsylvania where they were trying to buy a home, just a regular family home. And corporations were coming in and outpricing this family through like 14 or 15 different bids on different homes in the area and the goal was to go ahead and try to become the landlord right this black rock is trying to become you know america's landlord yeah so basically they're they're trying to get to the point where the one percent owns all the land all the corporations you know through consolidation with a lot of the mom and pop stores during the pandemic Mm -hmm. losing business and basically having to quit. This goes to the whole idea of even the pandemic itself might have been some kind of ploy with these elites. And, and this would have been the organization in which maybe it kind of derived from. Because even Klaus Schwab, who is the initial creator and leader of the WEF, he actually has a book that he written recently called COVID-19, The Great Reset. 
that's the title of the book. Hmm. That's nice. That's I mean, that's definitely interesting. I mean, how do you how do you change things that would definitely not only shock one country but the world, right? You start off with something that would shock the world and say, hey, listen, this is why we're going into this quote unquote great reset is because next time if we come upon something like this, like a pandemic or something like that, it'll be much more easier to deal with. Right. That's the sell, I think. Right. And then this this all goes to, um, you know, we, we on on this podcast, we, we classify it as conspiracy, but this is sort of a. A mixture of in-your-face truth and speculation, right? I still like to say critical thinkers. Critical thinkers. And uh, one of the things that is speculated a lot with the WEF is they have a, a real central focus on climate control. And one of the reasons they think that climate control and, and trying to rehab the climate and, and rejuvenate the earth, one of the... Th- Focus points they they come to constantly is overpopulation, and what's interesting to me is their idea that the planet's overpopulated is what's killing the planet. Well, then you bounce that idea off to the fact that you have a lot of people speculating that the vaccine or that not the vaccine but the vaccine and the virus itself. the virus itself right has something to do with population control and sterility which we talk about sterility all the time the possibility of sterility uh, maybe not in this generation but in subsequent generations who have received the vaccine so you got a lot of elements kind of you know swirling in this this pot of what's really going on and you, you hear these trigger words of great reset you hear these trigger words of this world economic forum in being inclusive with the elites, and again, going to the argument last time I said with the Bilderbergers, anytime you have public officials or you know publicly voted officials going somewhere and then not opening up with what the ma- subject matter is of those forums, well, if they're serving public office, they you would think they would have to divulge that information to the public, but that's not what these are. These are these are cut off to the world. So their agendas, at the end of the day, were basically left with nothing but speculation. In a way, yeah, I would agree. In a way, you're left with nothing but speculation. But uh, make, make no mistake, this is a new world order move. In, yeah. in my eyes, this is this is a new world order move. You are. This is what we're doing. Okay, whether it be A, B, or C, this is what we're doing. You have no say. You have no right to even combatantness with a, th- a thought you got no vote on it you got no vote on it this is going to impact your life directly and you're going to like it and this is this is definitely a, what overreach is and they're wielding the hand of power right you know financial power they there's there's no way around it you have no ability to i mean i guess you can protest but protest to who protest to what exactly you know, their, their power so you know Entrenched in all the different, you know, corners of the world. So, and like my my son and I were kind of talking about this before we started this podcast. And, uh, you know, he's a young man. He's 18. Um, 
there, there's there's definitely deep worry for people who are not completely blind and oblivious to what's going on. And growing up with a father like me, unfortunately, they're not, you know, stuck in the matrix and have that, you know, that, that, that little bit of bliss and ignorance. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. My poor children, I've warped them for life. Um, <laughs> but then we go on to talk about, okay, so, so what can you do? What can somebody do? Well, like you were just saying, there's really nothing you can do. I mean, we talk about what you could have, and you and I were talking about this, what you can have that has value in this life, land, right? Which is already consistently taxed over and over and over again. We were just, like you would just mention, you know, they're just going to outbid everybody. They're right. going to take the land, right? I mean, here we go again. White men take land. Oh my gosh, I'm going to get in so much trouble for saying that. But let's be honest. It's what, you know, what happened to the Native Americans in this country? We just fucking took it, you know? It was horrible. It was brutal. And, they, you know, the other side was just as brutal, rightfully so, I think. You know, that's what happens in, in conflict. But when somebody has the greater hand to the spoils, go the victor over and over again, right? And another thing that holds true are precious metals. And this is something that you and I, it, it always pops up in anything that we always talk about because we always go back to um, the Sumerians and, and the Sumerian gods and why they were here. And, you know, and then it goes back to gold and, and precious metals. You can't really, it's, you, you can't put a, a price on having that. Like you can't devalue these precious metals. Cause if you obtain these precious metals, all of a sudden now with, they don't, I've never seen gold or silver decrease. I mean, it, it's happened, but not to, not to a level where you could say, Oh, well decreases just as much as it increases. Right. Right. It's not like the dollar word loses value or exactly. the ruble that's, or whatever. That's where I'm going. Right. I mean, that that's kind of where I'm going. You have a better way of explaining it than I do anyway. So, uh, but to me, it, you know, if you're able to obtain, you know, some of these precious metals, maybe that's where you invest. And I don't even think it's a maybe. I think it's it's pretty cut and dry, pretty clear, especially with the way things are going. And you talk about the uh, the U.S. dollar, and it's my belief that, you know, with this great reset, the idea is to kill the U.S. dollar, the, the U.S. dollar or the euro. The idea is to have a one-world currency. And the best way to do that is through chaos, right? And, I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention what's going on now in the world. What's that, Jeffro? What's <laughs> it's chaos. going on? Um, for those of you who might be listening to this at a later date, and this is right around the time uh, this week, earlier this week, Russia invaded Ukraine. Yeah. So, and you know what? I'm going to try to get this episode out as soon as possible, just so we're not dating ourselves with current events here too much. Um, so if you miss out on this, this is on you, not me or Jeff Rowe. So listen. Um, but no, you're absolutely correct. And I think you and I, when it comes to this, we, we, we respect both each other's views on what's happening here, but we tend to have different views here. Correct. A little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm at this point kind of reserved and kind of making any sort of concrete judgments or you know opinions because we constantly say here the popular narrative is, is really difficult in, in the political environment right now that we have in this country it seems like anytime there's conflict within the you know 
domestic political environment, people try to divert our attention, right? You know, war is usually a, a good recipe to go ahead and, you know, do the whole look at this hand while let what's no really good crisis go to waste. Let no, right, exactly. Hey, you got it right this time. I would like to thank everybody. I finally got it right this time. <laughs> let no good crisis go to waste. I, I always butcher it. You're right. I always do. But uh, that's what we're seeing. That's what's happening here. I think you and I could both agree that there's something uh, deeper and malevolent happening, um, possibly. I, I, I tend to go that way more than you do. You tend to have the idea that, uh, you know, there's a psycho about. There's a psycho about, you know, the, Putin is uh, thinking, you know, expanding the Soviet Union, um, kind of, so to speak, right? Which is the popular narrative, and, and I, it is. At, at this point, I would kind of tend that way, but, you know, my conspiratorial mind in the back of my mind is, is kind of thinking, wonder what's really going on here uh but it, the other part of my mind is it doesn't really matter what's going on he's killing innocent people agreed so at this point whatever the narrative is but you it's, know what? it's war and it's you're right you know terrible but i'll tell you the same thing that i told my kids no matter which side that you believe is right or wrong Maybe there is a right side, maybe there is a wrong side. There are going to be casualties no matter what. Throughout history, if we've learned anything, even if you fight for the greater good, there are still casualties. And I try to remind myself of that. Do I like it? No. I absolutely don't like it. But when negotiations end, war begins. It's time to fight. And I I don't... I'm the kind of person is you know I, I don't want to say I'm a pacifist I'm not, but I will do everything and anything to avoid a confrontation to get to the root of what can be resolved from a conflict rather than just jump into one. Now, I also understand that if you've exonerated every possible way and you are left with nothing else. Whether it's your belief that you're doing good or not, I mean that's that's really what it boils down to. You know, I highly doubt in Putin's mind he's thinking, "I'm going to take over everything and fuck everybody." It almost grew like, but I believe that he believes he's doing the right thing. Oh, I'm sure he believes he's doing the right thing. So, in that state of mind, you understand there are going to be casualties, and like I told you, you know, he tried giving people. And I, this is where I'm going to get heat, and I know I'm going to get heat. I This is not my buddy Putin, okay? That's not how this... I'm not trying to make this come off as. But I believe that, yes, he's trying to... He, he did try. He made a statement. He made an announcement. You know, you have such amount of time to get out. Not enough time, obviously. But you have such amount of time to get out before the conflict starts. Somebody in my mind who's a complete tyrant that just wants to take over and and not so much capture but just take over land doesn't do something like that. And, and somebody who wants to do that would cut resources as well. They would cut the power. They would cut the water supply. They would they would do everything. Po- he hasn't done this, so I think his 
to me, his bigger issue is with Ukraine uh, being a part of NATO. Well, at this point, Ukraine is not part of NATO. Ukraine wanted to become part they of They want to be a part of NATO. Part of NATO because they know that it would be a form of protection. In which case, the Biden administration loves that idea. Well, and that's, and that's you know, that's the fly in the ointment here, isn't it? I mean, I'd call whole, it a lot of things. I don't know about a fly in the ointment. Right. The whole Burisma thing with Biden and his son. It's it's very strange that this is the country that all this conflict has, has arisen at this point in time when after a year, Biden's administration has been shown to be very weak. So I don't know if it's just a coincidence that this country of conflict was on the border of Russia and is also, you know, a place where the Bidens were involved deeply. And, you know, it's a, a proxy for Putin to kind of send a message to us. I don't know. Um, like I said, I kind of reserve judgment as to what's actually going on but i i don't know if there's a right or a wrong side in the conflict i think maybe it's just uh, an issue or a conflict of distraction really i don't i don't it may be something to try to distract everybody from what's really going on and the question is what's going on in that other scenario i definitely think there's another scenario going on I agree with you there, and I think that's a lot of a lot of where this WEF uh, mentioning comes from is the second scenario here, uh, the other hand, so to speak, right? Very possibly, you know, to to bring to world peace, bring together everybody, so as there's not, you know, uh, land grabbing and and going into other countries and and changing borders. One of the things that the WEF kind of focuses on is the whole idea of this NWO, this new world order ideology of, you know, a one world government, a one world currency, you know, something that you and I had talked about before is the idea of how cryptocurrency has become popular. And now that idea has been co-opted and you've got countries now wanting to possibly implement their own digital currency, which would be a coup for them because depending on how you implement that policy, it could be like a green passport or, you know, a, a passport to basically do anything. You and I recently saw a commercial. Hello, everyone. Meet Lucy, student in psychology. And me, her digital ID wallet issued by the government to offer a wide range of identity services. In fact, I'm a handy way of proving and protecting her identity both online and face-to-face. Let's have a closer look at what I can do. I can help governments to better communicate with citizens. Right now, I'm reminding Lucy of the appointment she needs to schedule for her mandatory vaccination. Time to go to her exam. Lucy is a bit stressed out. I'm here to make it easy for her to prove she is the right candidate with a quick and secure connection between her phone and the examiners. Exam passed successfully. Quick stop at the doctor's before celebrating and no time to lose. On the way, Lucy uses me to declare her passport lost. 
she needs it for her upcoming road trip. No issue. She can request an emergency digital passport without having to go to the authority office. I make official admin a lot smoother. And that's not all. I can also help Lucy request a birth certificate, pay her taxes, or prove who she is when onboarding to new services, such as opening a bank account. I allow Lucy to certify her healthcare coverage entitlement. She's able to decide whether to authorize the doctor to access her medical records or not, ensuring her control over her personal data. Lucy needs one more thing before being all set for her trip to Australia, renting a car. I help her share her driver's license credentials online so that she doesn't have to wait hours in a queue to collect the car when she gets to Brisbane. The rental company benefits from secure and accurate information and Lucy from a smooth experience. Lucy's friends are waiting for her inside the bar to allow her to get in. I simply generate a QR code that proves Lucy is old enough, so she doesn't have to share all her ID details with the bar staff. So yes, I'm Lucy's best companion. I protect her identity and official credentials wherever she goes. I provide secured access to public and private services and allow her to have full control over her data privacy. In other words, I give the right access to the right data to the right person. I am also trusted by governments to best support countries' digital transformation, fight against ID fraud, and deliver smooth public services. I am the Talus Digital ID Wallet. I am the Talus Digital ID Wallet. Government ID Wallet. Government ID Wallet. Everything you do is going to be through the Talus Government Digital ID Wallet. Goodbye, HIPAA. Could buy anything. And this what's interesting is this is the fear of people, especially up in Canada. Uh, you know, Trudeau implemented, you know, a emergency act of some sign. I don't know exactly what it is, the the emergency act. And in doing so, they were able to go ahead and freeze bank accounts of the truckers. And they were able to stop the GoFundMe page. Uh there was another one. I'm not exactly sure the the real name of it or the exact name of it. it was a give send go or something along those yeah, lines. Some sort of upstart or something. Yeah. Like that. So if if they have their way, right? You know, if these elites that we've been talking about going all the way back to the beginning of the podcast. Well, I don't know if you remember this when Biden was trying to implement the vaccine mandate uh, not too long ago. He was also trying to get in everybody's banking accounts as well. Right. Any well, I, I think part of that passed with the CARES Act. I mean, any transaction over six hundred dollars has to be registered. I believe I could be wrong about that, but any transaction over six hundred dollars in a bank has to be registered and uh, given to you know the government. Yeah. So, so, so what kind of freedom do you really have? Right. I mean televisions are more than $600. So, I mean, you're, you're almost every one of your purchases is going to be, you know, looked at. And it, With so inflation the way that it is, what, you know, what can you purchase anymore? I mean, I, I've never seen inflation to, to the point where it is now. Like, right. I, I mean, we've talked about inflation. People have talked about inflation for years. I, in my lifetime, can be 100% honest and saying, I've never seen anything like this. It's sickening. And this is, I, I think this is the, the fulcrum. I think this is the point where we're trying to 
drive home here with something like the WEF, with something like these secret societies that have control over all the information, all the power, all the money, and they're able to navigate and, and funnel people into whatever direction they want to funnel them into. And that's what's going on with the COVID pandemic, right? Now everybody basically is willing to give up their rights just for a little bit of safety, yeah, right? They that's, feared everybody into they it, They right? feared everybody into it. You roll that into what's going on with that's caused inflation, right? It's caused inflation because there's, you know, lack of supply, but demand is really high. So inflation is something that you and I talk about, and I I think inflation really is nothing more than price gouging from the elites. Oh, for sure. Okay. So in doing that, why would the why would they want to do that? Well, part of it is devaluing the dollar, which then kind of culminates itself, rolling itself right into the idea of this world economic forum before 2030. A one world currency. The one world currency. It, it all, all these elements, and this goes back to even, you know, the incursion over there in Eastern Europe, right? You, you want to create chaos and uncertainty and more fear, right? And you're going to focal, you know, focal, put your focal point on a country that's immediately tied to your president and his family with Ukraine. And then a lot of this stuff, because that, I mean, that was the whole thing with Trump, right? It was the Ukrainian call, the the call that Trump made with the Ukrainian minister of something saying that he wanted information on Biden's son, correct? Yeah. Right, so here we go. A, a country completely ensnared with our political leaders over the past eight years or past you know five or six years, right? All of a sudden is a country in conflict with a country that in Russia we had a conflict for 50, 60 years. I, I mean, mean it, it doesn't seem coincidental. No, and that's that's kind of where my my mind goes and where the wheels start turning in my warped little fragile mind um, is where I almost got to step back and take a look at it and say, okay, well, well, wait a minute. If if the Ukraine is trying to be part of NATO, they're trying to be part of this one world government and, and complacently do so instead of being independent, maybe that's the issue that Putin has here. And maybe that's why China's, well, China's not any better. And I always tell everybody, take, you know, never take your eyes off of China because I think, make no mistake about it. Right now in the United States, we have a leader with no balls, right? I mean, I think everybody can agree that the guy's got a, a level of dementia that you have to wonder how somebody of his stature could be in a position that he's in, how he ever got there. And we can go back and we can look at uh, you know the election and everything, and we can beat that dead horse over and over again. But we're not going to do that. We're going to speak in it now. And I almost I have to sit back and wonder. Okay, you and I talk about who really runs the world, right? We talk about the one percent, the elites. This is what we're talking about. And then we start talking about the the political puppets, right? I mean, if Biden's anything, he's a damn puppet for hey, sure. Yeah. He's He's certainly not of his own mind right now. No. And that was something I think that Trump was, whether you liked him or you didn't. The man made decisions. He stuck on his decisions. And he 
did not pull any punches with anybody. Which is one of the reasons why you have a lot of Trump supporters saying that Putin would have never pulled this it was while exactly Trump was where in was office. Going. Right? Um, you got to lead with a strong hand, and, you know, carry a big stick. Right? Sure. And uh, you don't you don't make, you know, empty threats, right? And it seems like every anything that comes out of this guy's mouth, you know, Biden, it's he's just barely hanging on by by thread. I mean, I, I, I'm comfortable with saying at least 80% of Americans do not respect this guy whatsoever. Well, I think he's only got 20-something, 23% approval okay. rating. There you go. So, oh, yeah. Pretty close, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but... That being said, it seems like this 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 one world organization, right? Whether you say it's the UN or NATO or the WEF, or they all seem to go hand in hand and they all work together. And it seems like they're molding this one world government, or at least they're trying to. And what's what's the first thing you have to do? You have to destabilize. You have to destabilize it. You have to destabilize countries and, and the world market and there you go. The economic, you know, which is exactly what we're seeing happening in this quote unquote great reset. It's again, it's not something they're hiding. This is not conspiracy theory. This is not something that's speculative. This is one hundred percent happening, um, and that was something. You know, we have this clip. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm going to play the clip from the uh, the Russell Brand. How, how's that? Yeah, I'm going to start that clip. It's Davos week, the Great Reset. You will own nothing and you will be happy. Why do we keep hearing this phrase? What is going on at this Davos? Why are these billionaires getting together? And after making one video about the Great Reset, we've decided to dive a little bit deeper into what you think and further evidence and your legitimate concerns. It's time to look at the big picture and work collectively. That's the message from day one of Business Bonanza, the Davos Agenda. This year's World Economic Forum has moved online because COVID. Davos this year cannot be the usual networking fest it's built its reputation on. Davos regulars like Angela Merkel and Bill Gates will check in from around the world as well as Vladimir Putin, Prime Ministers of India, Japan, Spain, Greece, Israel, Singapore, Presidents of France, Korea, Argentina, South Africa, Secretary General of the United Nations, Director General of the World Health Organization, Governor of the Bank of England, Secretary General of Interpol. The agenda has been shaped by the pandemic and organised around the Great Reset. So I suppose when you talk about it being a conspiracy, it ain't a conspiracy if it's candidly spoken about and uh, explicitly stated. That's not a conspiracy. That's a sort of an agenda. Like, if you believe, as many people do, in the values of detachment, of letting go of possessions, then I feel like the best way to espouse and spread these values is through embodying them and demonstrating them. Nothing to worry about there. That's just a drone delivering a package to your door. That drone couldn't be used for any... Sorry, what? Yeah, you can keep that delivery, actually. I'll just wait for the van. I've misjudged the tone as well. You'll leave much less meat. Stop telling me what to do. I'm already vegan. What do you want me to do? Pull me out of me. An occasional treat. 
not a staple. The problem is with this video is it's the exact mood of like a dystopian thing that you'd be sort of forced to sit and watch with matchsticks holding your eyes open in a great big terrifying cinema. It just goes into bad things. Also, a billion people will be displaced by climate change. Finally! No, no, that's the bad bit. This is the first opportunity of 2021 for business leaders to come together to talk about jobs, the green economy, and how to shape future sustainable growth. Markham White is one of the people that brought to our attention the phrase, you will own nothing and you will be happy. My question is, if I don't own anything, then who does? Who controls the resources? Well, it seems like the most obvious answer is the very people who practically own everything now, i.e. members of the World Economic Forum. No conspiracy, just factual and well-stated intentions. Yeah, I'm a bit concerned. Well, Markham, I share your concerns and I share your diagnosis. Captain Muggs, congratulations on the name. You've got to be a few sandwiches short of a picnic if you think the Billionaire's Boy Club are out to do you any favours. Give them an inch and they'll take a mile. That's the kind of language I like. I agree with you, mate. Mantis Age, what do Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Monsanto, Walmart and Starbucks have in common? United Nations World Business Council for Sustainable Development. Sustainable Development. Did you see David Attenborough's documentary there on Netflix where he says, if something can't be done forever, then it's by definition unsustainable, that we have to change many many of our practices and most of those practices are related in one way or another to profit stop developing that's what needs to happen no mind sustaining it and also sustaining something we want to improve things don't we i'm glad that so many of you were engaged by the great reset video and i'm really happy to have this opportunity to dive deeper into a subject that let's face it's going to go on and on as globalization continues and the sense that we are separated from power and the way that we are evolved to live becomes more and more distant and remote. We don't live as tribes. We're not in control of our own resources. The idea that we will own nothing and we will be happy sounds like a terrifying, not Orwellian, but sort of Huxleyan idea that we will be somered into compliance, drugged by a sort of a magical substance in our water, into dumb compliance with the objectives of the powerful while we live as kind of human drones. Lee Alexander says, Russell asks questions these days, but rarely voices opinion and beliefs on subjects, perched firmly on the fence out of fear. What I'm actually trying to do, Lee Alexander, is create a space where wherever you find yourself, deep, deep, deep into a particular belief system of any variety that you know that this is a place where you can talk and be heard. In my podcast, Under the Skin, I've had uh, guests that are from what you would call the right, guests from what you would call the left, guests without their views in a sort of a spiritual sense, uh, atheistic and materialistic views, scientists, spiritual folk, because I'm interested in truth and I acknowledge my own inability or any individual's inability to have a total understanding of one truth because there probably is not one such thing as the truth. There are many, many perspectives. But if we're going to live in a kind of globalised culture such as we do, we're going to have to become accustomed to one another's beliefs and find new ways of communicating and accommodating a diverse range of opinions. And it's a two-way street, the idea that we don't judge one another and we allow people to be who they are and how they are, whether on whatever basis of identification that is. Now, would you believe it, but Naomi Klein is able to better articulate this than I am, perhaps through years of experience, diligence and study. Here's some interesting things that Naomi Klein says that you might 
dig. In 2003, WF founder Klaus Schwab introduced the tradition of each January summit having a big theme. The Great Reset is the latest edition of this gilded tradition. Like the WF's earlier big themes, the Great Reset is not a serious effort to actually solve the crisis it describes. On the contrary, it is an attempt to create a plausible impression that the huge winners in this system are on the verge of voluntarily setting aside greed to get serious about solving the raging crises that are radically destabilised our world. At this point, when we talk about the WEF and the Great Reset, it becomes in a sense a kind of nitpicking to decide what the WF's power are and what the overall agenda of the powerful people and institutions in this world actually is. Naomi Klein herself says, while questioning the actual power of the WEF, all kinds of dangerous ideas are lurking under the Great Reset's wide brim. From a reckless push to more automation in the midst of a jobless crisis, the steady move to normalise mass surveillance, biometric tracking tools and the very real problem of Bill Gates's singular power over global health policy. Now, Naomi Klein has done the hard work so that we don't have to. These, Naomi Klein says, are legitimate concerns. I think what Naomi Klein queries is the conflation of the Great Reset, in particular with cynicism towards climate change. Because when it comes to climate change, who benefits from the idea that human activity does not impact climate change? Let's just consider that question, whatever your personal beliefs are on the Great Reset and the way that global power and globalism affects ordinary people, where I bet you and me see things exactly eye to eye. Well, who wouldn't want regulation introduced around energy companies? Who wouldn't want to acknowledge that fossil fuels are damaging the environment? Who doesn't want the way that we power our lives to alter people that benefit from these existing institutions and corporations. Take, for example, the broadcasters that are cynical about climate change. Just one example at random, Sky News. And uh, you know that's a Rupert Murdoch-owned channel. Rupert Murdoch demonstrably has interests in energy companies. He's by no means alone in that. That's ordinary. In fact, when people talk about the nature of power, these kind of connections between broadcasters and what are commonly known now as mainstream media and big business are totally overlapping, completely immersive. Who would suffer if we were to say you can no longer use fossil fuel? Who would? You know, it's not you or I. We would ultimately use renewable or sustainable energy. I don't bloody well care where it's coming from. I would prefer it wasn't destroying the planet that we live on. For oil companies, the more climate action can be conflated with an organisation known for its traffic jams of private jets and its bond villain founder, the easier it will be to resist any climate plan at all. This messaging is gaining traction, not because people are suckers, but because they are mad, angry, and they have every right to be. Lockdown policies have demanded months of individual sacrifice for the collective good without providing the most basic collective protections to keep families from slipping into starvation and homelessness or to keep small businesses afloat. Meanwhile, trillions have been spent to backstop markets and bail out multinationals and pandemic profiteering is rampant. Is it any wonder that so many find it entirely plausible that the same elites who expect them to swallow all the coronavirus related sacrifices while they party in the Hamptons and on private islands would also be willing to exaggerate the risks of the disease to get them to accept more bitter green medicine for the common good? So I suppose what Klein is saying 
is that we should be extremely cautious around suggesting that the pandemic is not real. I know that a lot of you have got strong views on that. Her point is that we oughtn't conflate ideas around climate change with this group and its obviously economic-led and power-driven intentions. What's required to actually combat spiralling poverty, joblessness, climate breakdown and informational degeneration, regulate the companies that have created these crises, tax them, break them up and in some cases put them under public control. This is an aspect of solution-based thinking that there is a strong imperative to mask, negate, ignore. I think Naomi Klein's contribution to this conversation is telling. Naomi Klein is a well-schooled, lifelong activist whose book No Logo changed the direction of this conversation around the power of global corporations forever. And I think her involvement in this conversation can perhaps reclaim from the territories where it currently dwells, perhaps uh, reframing the way that climate change is seen and ought to be included in the um, morass around globalism and its consequences, not maligned and seen as a sort of a conspiratorial component. I've really enjoyed hearing your views and comments and opinions and indeed receiving your insights and your education on this matter. It's changed my opinion. So whether you want us to look deeper in a Klaus Schwab's book or to learn more about Bill Gates's unique position of power, let's keep this conversation going. The Great Reset, whether or not the WF is literally a powerful organisation or merely a front for the way that the powerful manage globalization, to me, seems like a rich and lively topic. And we're in a unique time. And these kind of conversations, this kind of discourse is precisely what we should be having. Let's keep it going. Comment below, like, subscribe and share. Thank you. So Russell goes into more of like a recap of what the video was that he released on the Great Reset and some of the opinions of his listeners and people who have contacted him as well on such whenever this information that he let out to his listeners. One of the things that he did touch base on, which I find very pertinent to the video as well, and the Great Reset, the things that he's talking about, is you and I talked about COVID being used as a fear-mongering way to get people on board of this great reset as well, you could say exactly the same thing with climate change. And it seems to be the way of the hand right now. Everybody's, uh, you know, these big entities are all talking about climate change, which is kind of, they're using something that they know is a problem. That is a factual issue, right? So there, there is a factual issue, whether it, you're talking about fossil fuels or, or anything else like that. And again, these are the same entities and people who 20, 30 years ago were so afraid of a hydrogen engine that they've killed so many patents or people who develop patents for such to keep them from bringing this to the public so that big oil can continue to thrive. Well, now they know, hey... We've got a bigger issue here. We're killing, you know, our natural resources. Not only that, you know, it's not going to last forever, but as well as the planet we live on, it's whether you, you want to agree or not that it's got the bigger carbon footprint here, there, or anywhere else. I don't think anybody could disagree that really China or, you know, Asia has the bigger carbon footprint here, but we continue to beat ourselves in the head over this for whatever reason. I don't know why, but that's to me is going to be the another. Uh, then the the next 
and we hear it a lot. That's going to be the next implementation of trying to force people to doing things their way. It's not so much, it's, it's going to be a touch and go. It's going to be a touchy subject for everybody because it's not like everybody disagrees that, hey, we've got a bigger problem here with, uh, you know, climate change and, and taking care of the, uh, the atmosphere and our planet. But it's, okay, who has a solution and why should we listen to you with your solution? Why do you have the solution? When we had people 20, 30, 40 years ago, I, 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 as far as I can remember, back in the early 70s, there was a man who developed a hydrogen engine, right? And he ended up dead. We talked about this in, in previous episodes. This this gentleman ended up dead. He, he created a, an engine that runs on water. On on water. And you and I have talked many times. You know, we run on water. We are water. Right. right? Water. It's it's energy. Water is energy. And if you can take that energy, and which ninety percent of the earth or more is water, right? Right. You basically have free energy here. Right. So who's going out of business? Fossil fuel companies. Fossil fuel companies. Well, fast forward a little bit. They go, okay, um, we've got a problem. We can't kill ourselves because then what's the point of business? We are. We understand that we're going to run out of the fossil fuels. What are we going to do? Well, hydrogen. And I guarantee you and everybody knows it and if there's a person out there who doesn't think the same way then you're kicking yourself in the ass here they're gonna find a way to harness this energy and make it profitable for them but not for, for the them public. oh absolutely for them not for you and me yeah they're not gonna have private or public enterprise be able to take care of it they're gonna keep it private right you and i are not gonna be able to buy a gallon of water dump it into our car and take off like we really should be able to or have a way to filtrate water from the ocean to, so we can use it in our, our hydrogen engine vehicles and take off and do whatever we need to. They're not going to allow that to happen, right? Right. They'll either capture the, the process and tell you, you need this water, you need Valvoline water, you need uh, Mobile One water, Right. So th that's that's really but we're doing it for the environment. We're doing it for you. We're doing it for everybody. We're green. Right. It, it seems to me that there's a recurring theme here and it's they piggyback off of humans ability to sympathize for others. Right. They, they're piggybacking off of a real crisis, like you said, sure. and saying we're going to do this for the betterment of the community. This, we're doing this for you. Right. This is this is going to help everybody else out, which is something very akin to what we've heard the last two years with this vaccination. Yeah. You know, don't take the vaccination for yourself. Take it for grandma. Take it for your neighbor. Take it for your children. Take it, you know, it, and it's almost like it's a form of conditioning, right? It's not, it's, if, if you don't conform to these ideas, then what you're really saying is you don't want to be part of a community. You know, it's it becomes a strike against your character. <laughs> right. So at that point, you're shunned. Right. You're the outcast. You're not you're not thinking with your heart about the, your loved ones and everyone around you like you just stated. Right. So if you're not doing this, you don't care. 
uh, bullshit. I, I, you know, I'm going to be continue. I'm going to continue to be free thinking. And it's like one of the things that I said, I, I forget which it may be even all of the, uh, the makers of the vaccination where they use the proteins from the HIV virus. And I was flagged on it continuously over and over and over again on social media until I convinced some people to look through different search engines, not ones that were controlled by corporate, you know, Google, um, Explorer, Explorer, Safari, Safari. look through other search engines to find out exactly what is. and, And sure enough, but in the clip that we play from Russell Brand, we just played in Russell Brand, he was talking about the WEF and the Great Reset. Now, in that clip, he doesn't really go over exactly what the reset is uh, in a way he does. But I think I have another clip here from The Hill Rising. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to place it here. So here's a clip from Kim Iverson, The Hill Rising. What is on your radar, Kim? Well, Glenn Beck was on Tucker Carlson's show last week touting what has been called a right-wing conspiracy theory and discussing his new book, The Great Reset, Joe Biden and the Rise of 21st Century Fascism. It explains why the schools are tracking uh, with the DOJ, why Fauci with the vaccine mandates, why Fauci is uh, hiding uh, his relationship with big pharmaceutical, our gas prices, the First Amendment rights, the January 6th uh, people uh, being uh, set up by the FBI. All of this, Tucker, this is the most important book I have read. This is the most important, or that I've written, this is the most important topic of my career, and I think this is the most important topic in the world today. The Great Reset is not a conspiracy theory. It is something that the Davos people have put together along with the World Economic Forum. Okay, well, maybe that all sounds a little bit loony, and believe me, I do think Glenn Beck tends to be a loon, but... Maybe this isn't such a crazy conspiracy theory after all. And after seeing everything we've seen with the governments enacting all sorts of authoritarian controls and many other conspiracy theories coming true, maybe there's something to be concerned about. So what is the Great Reset? The name even sounds conspiratorial, but believe it or not, it's a real thing. The Great Reset started off as the name of a meeting held by the World Economic Forum in the summer of 2020. The World Economic Forum began in the 70s. It's basically a club made up of world leaders, corporations, and other wealthy elites. Every year, they get together in Davos, Switzerland, and pontificate about how to best manage the world and solve problems. This year, the meeting starts today. However, due to the pandemic, like last year, the winter in-person Davos meeting has been postponed to summer, and instead they'll be hosting the meetings this week online. And the conference kicks off today with a special opening speech by China's Xi Jinping. But basically, think of it as a bunch of hoity-toities getting together in a bougie ski resort town to make connections, rub elbows, collaborate. Sometimes world leaders make some peace and prevent war, which is a good thing. Sometimes people will fundraise money for causes, which is also a good thing. But mostly it's a way for elites and world leaders to get together together and scheme up new ways to march us towards a more globalized world. Ideas like NAFTA were born in Davos at their annual meeting. Now, the Great Reset is the name of one of those meetings, and it's since turned into an entire agenda with its own microsite attached to the main World Economic Forum website. And the founder of the World Economic Forum has even written a book titled The Great Reset. So it's very real. 
Now, the idea is the COVID pandemic has been so disruptive, it's exposed social, political, and economic weaknesses in the Western world. They claim COVID exposed breakdowns in a variety of sectors from healthcare to education to finance to energy. They claim Western capitalism is the root cause of these issues and a serious overhaul a reset of the system is needed. Never mind the fact that most of the disruption was actually caused by governments shutting down businesses, societies, and schools, and now going a step further and telling people they must be vaccinated numerous times over in order to participate in economic, in the economy and society. Governments, no matter what their intentions have been, whether you think it's good or bad, they are the reason for the disruptions. But the Great Reset says either way, it's an opportunity an opportunity to rebuild society in a way the global elites see best fit. Now, one thing that really stands out is that they're very vague about what this reset means or even looks like. They just insist it will be good for us. And because the reset blatantly blames Western capitalism, we see a lot of right-wing outlets such as Fox News and Breitbart going after the Great Reset, claiming it's ushering in socialism or communism. But as Glenn Beck mentioned later on in his interview with Tucker, he says he was wrong, that it wasn't about socialism or communism, that it's more about enacting a form of government similar to China's. And what does that mean exactly if it doesn't mean communism? Well, it means that you would own nothing. Everything would be owned by, most likely, one of the many World Economic Forum partner corporations, and you would have no privacy. Take a look at this video published in 2016 on the World Economic Forum's Facebook page. You'll own nothing and you will be happy. That's what they're saying. With inflation sky high and no signs of it slowing down, they might be right. We are on our way to becoming a nation of renters. But don't worry, it's nothing to fear. Just the opposite, says Bloomberg, if you remember this story. Bloomberg, by the way, is one of the hundreds of partners with the World Economic Forum. And they list all of their partners on their website. Other partners include NBC, Google, New York Times, Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Apple, Amazon, Goldman Sachs, and many, many others. On top of the idea we're just going to have to move towards the sharing economy, the elites have discussed eradicating paper money, making all transactions traceable. We've talked about the proposed plan for the IRS to audit all bank accounts with accumulation of $600 in annual deposits. Well, they've used the fear of global and domestic terrorism to justify and even make popular things like surveillance and censorship. They're limiting our ability to work, get an education, travel, and even enjoy life on the premise of bringing us safety. They're turning us against one another, vaccinating versus unvaccinated, right versus left, getting us to ban and cancel one another, ushering in a sort of organic social credit system. And my guess is many people would welcome a big tech or government controlled social credit scoring system in the same vein as what has been rolled out in China. This would ensure they are only sharing restaurants and movie theaters with other do-gooders like themselves. But don't worry, everything is being done under the premise that this is all good for our own, this is all being done for our own good, the benefit of a collective society, and we will be happy. So what's really interesting about this Great Reset is the book that uh, Klaus Schwab wrote. He's the founder of the World Economic Forum. You know, he really goes into, you know, if you read the book, it's pretty dystopian. And there's some really good ideas. You know, people read it and they say, well, I agree with this. You know, I agree that we need an overhaul to our healthcare system. I agree that we need an overhaul. You know, we need to really focus on global warming. Um, but the solution that him and these other elites have come up with is a very globalized economy, a globalized world and one that lacks privacy, that lacks ownership, one that lacks uh, many of the things that many of us find, you know, many of us hold dear. They're saying, no, we got to get rid of that if we want to reset. And what's even more, I think, 
uh, misleading about the Great Reset and the solution is they say, you know, they blame it on capitalism. They say, well, it's Western capitalism that's the problem. But their solution is sort of more capitalism. I mean, it's, they call it stakeholder capitalism. Uh, but it's it's just basically corporations will own everything. And, and they're saying there's got to be a, a merging between private and public sectors and that the corporations will own everything and run most things. And then we're just going to have to, you know, be beholden to them, to the banks and these corporations. And so it's really vague what this reset is, but this is why it's so alarming. And then when they run commercials like what they've run and they say all of these things, I mean, you can understand why people then look at this and say, what the heck is this? And then, you know, it, it kind of turns into what seems conspiratorial, but I don't know. They're not really helping the cause. They're not really helping the cause. If anything, they're just ensuring that they have their stake in the power. Well, I mean, they're helping our cause to prove the point that we've been hammering home this everybody we talk about the they we talk about the them we talk about the one percent this is not a secret society but this is a society of elites this is the portion of people who have all the financial power right now in this world and their end game really is to Use that power to try to take control of your life. I don't know, Jeffro. I don't know if they're not a part of uh, you know these secret societies, or at least use them. Because, I mean, it seems like some of the things that we see go on around us. You know, you need one hand to, to be working in order to make moves with the other hand. Right, right. So this is the public face, right, of the elites. While there is, you know, a, a darker side to the elites that stay hidden in the shadows. But you and I are confronted a lot with, you know, do you guys really believe in all this stuff? Well, not everything, but there is an element of deception, right? There's there's this element of, yeah, whenever you see things like the World Economic Forum, it's in plain sight. They're telling you. Not deniable. It's not deniable. So when we talk about, hey, how in the world could every... Is it really possible to have all these elites come together and try to control the, the masses? Well, that's exactly what's going on here. Yes, they're telling you this. This is free information for anybody. They have a website. You can always go yeah. on the World Economic Forum dot com. They tell you exactly what they're doing. So this is non conspiracy. This is non uh this is non theoretical. A big Big corporations, uh, big oil, big tech, whether it be Apple, Google, um, Coke, Walmart, Coke, Walmart, big pharma, which, by the way, I mean, you, you said Walmart. You know how long Hillary Clinton was on the board of directors for Walmart, right? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Wow, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, the 90s, uh, big, big, large imprint there. So, Well, I mean, they came from Arkansas. Walmart's from Arkansas. So yeah. makes sense. Um as well, you know, the bill, the 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 billing Melinda Gates Foundation. There you go again. They they consistently Bill Gates consistently seems to rears ugly little glass fucking filled head. I, the guy just annoys the hell out of me. He's so I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because whenever he speaks, he's so damn pompous. I just want to break his face. <laughs> He had a Freudian slip earlier this week. He did at an interview. This and, and make no mistake, this is not a threat. 
This is not a threat, okay? Because I don't want to go to jail. Um, I just don't like the guy. I, he's. I believe everybody in good entrepreneurship have good ideas and they move forward. Did he do really good things with Windows? Yeah, sure. And then it got real sinister. You know, absolute power corrupts absolutely, and he's a prime example of that I feel. But uh, I don't know, Jeffro. What do you think? You want to wrap this one here up? Yeah, well, I mean, if you guys need any more evidence on this on this organization that we covered here, I mean, it's, it's out there. It's easy yeah. information to obtain. Yeah, this is real simple stuff you can find. They're not hiding it from you. This is not not something they're hiding in. Um, if I have any advice for anybody, try to invest in gold and silver and don't put too much of your your investment into the American dollar because, or any dollar, any currency, it's not going to be around for a while. I don't feel, I, I, I honestly and truly believe this is the way of the world. This, these things are going to unfold. We're going to see it happen. And unfortunately there are going to be casualties. Again, people are going to be left behind again. It's, it's alarming as it should be. Be aware, always ask questions, and at the end of the day, realize that you guys are more powerful than just something as simple as monetary issues, and that, you know, whatever happens, whatever transition we have to make, you guys will get through it. We'll get to, we'll get through it together. You know, this reminds me of uh, a Disney movie, <laughs> a Disney movie, The Bug's Life, right? Whenever the grasshopper is giving a... Uh, um, a speech to his fellow grasshoppers about the food that they're gathering to the ants and everything. You know, on that on that note, Jeffro, I think it's perfectly done. We end the uh, episode here with that clip, but uh, you're absolutely right here, Jeffro. We we the people have the power. We have the power by numbers. We always do, but. We have to be willing to stand up for that power and use it and make ourselves heard. Make ourselves heard. Until then, Jeffro. Until then, Mario. There was that ant that stood up to me. Yeah, but we can forget about him. Yeah, it was just one ant. Ooh. <laughs> one ant. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's just one ant. Yeah, boss. They're puny. Hmm, puny? Say, let's pretend this brain is a puny little ant. Did that hurt? <laughs> nope. Well, how about this one? Are you kidding? <laughs> well, how about this? You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? <laughs> <laughs>